This podcast is brought to you by the College of Nursing at Brigham Young University. For more information about its programs, faculty, students, or alumni events, please visit nursing.byu.edu. Today, we'll learn how nurses can make a difference in management positions. We'll also hear about African safaris, unconventional clinical experiences, and how humanitarian work can make you a better nurse. Hey everyone, I'm Eliza Joy. And I'm Ryan Larson. Together, we will explore nursing careers and professional insights. With exclusive interviews for nurses working in jobs that you want to know about. Transferring info from one nurse to another. This is the College Handoff. Welcome back to the College Handoff. Our first guest today will be Jeff Murray, a hospital assistant medical group administrator. He works directly with the emergency department to maintain high quality care to a whole floor of patients. Our second guest will be Carissa Hess, a fifth semester student here at the BYU College of Nursing. Carissa works with a nonprofit called Marafiki Africa to bring medical and business knowledge to rural Tanzania. Let's get started. Well, Jeff, well, thank you so much for, for being on our podcast today. We're so happy to have you. You bet. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So, Jeff, I want to start with kind of your very first steps into the nursing field. You graduated from uh, the College of Nursing at BYU. Um, and was that something that was always on your radar? Did you always want to end up studying to become a nurse? Or what were kind of your ambitions as an undergrad student? No, uh, it actually wasn't. Um, I initially started uh, BYU as a, I thought I wanted to do physical therapy. I, I, I'd kind of always had a, I was drawn to kind of the medical service field, um, but thought it was going to be more in, in the physical therapy line. I was a athlete growing up and loved sports, and so I was really kind of drawn to that. <clears throat> I, I came back from my mission and I thought, you know, I, I, maybe I should go to medical school. And I started pursuing that and really started looking into that realm. And after some time, I had taken some courses and, and I was actually taking a preview to medicine course there at BYU. And, and for whatever reason, I just felt like this, this isn't right for me, but I still really love this field. And what, sh- what should I do with it? And I had a, a family friend who um, happened to be the CEO of a hospital down in, in Orange County. And he he said, you know, you really ought to consider going into nursing. And I had never <laughs> even considered that. I I had some preconceived notions around what nursing was and who did nursing. And obviously there there weren't a lot of, of guys that were doing nursing. And, you know, he said, you know, you really ought to go into nursing and you and you should consider going into kind of the management realm of, of nursing. And and so it intrigued me, and and I said, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pursue this a little bit. And I had been um, going. I had recently taken an EMT course, and and uh, as part of that training, I got to spend a little bit of time in the emergency department. And wow. I observed the nurses that were working in the emergency department. I thought, wow, this is actually pretty cool. This is awesome stuff. So I started looking into it, and it was really important to me that I one was in a career that. I was service oriented. I loved working with people. I also loved the idea of being in a career that presented many options for me. I think that at the time, uh, there was a huge demand for nursing. It, it felt like a career that I could, I could 
um, really kind of go anywhere and, and, and find a job. And, um, so that appealed to me. And, uh, so that was kind of the, I guess the start of it. And, and, and before I knew it, I had, I had applied to the nursing program and, and got in, I was one of three, three guys at the time that was in the nursing program. And, uh, yeah, that's, that was kind of how I did it. it. It was not the path that I thought I would take or end up in, but I'm certainly glad that I did. And it's been, it's been a wonderful career. So after you, you graduate, and at this point you have the intent to maybe get into management, you're not really sure what that might look like, um, what what was your first job uh, like after you graduated from nursing? Where'd you go? Yeah, well, I, I knew I just wanted to be, I want, initially I wanted to be a nurse just working, uh, you know, as a clinician. And so I, I, uh, I started, my very first job was at UC Davis Medical Center. Uh, which is a love and trauma center in, in the Sacramento area. And at the time, um, there was just such a demand that uh, I was able to apply and interview over the phone. I was hired over the phone. Uh, wow. And I, I went into a level one trauma center, which, which typically for emergency department um, nursing, you typically have to have some sort of experience before uh, it, 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 you don't have you know you don't always have to but uh, it's typically preferred um, that somebody has at least a year of nursing experience or or telemetry experience or something that kind of can help lead to that so uh, every once in a while there's you can find things where um, you can uh, start as a new graduate and I did and so to start at kind of a you know a, a level one trauma center as a new grad that was uh, pretty exciting for me and uh, it, it just opened up my eyes. It was a teaching facility. And so you've got a lot of exposure to, um, you know, uh, physicians and residents and you could ask a lot of questions. And so it was really a great first start for me and and a learning experience there. And I loved the pace of it. It was it was, you know, intense and you'd get, you know, car accidents and trauma and all kinds of complex medical issues. And I, I think that's what really I loved about the emergency department is that I really kind of knew what my, my day would be like. I mean, I had a general sense of what it would be like, but you never knew, right? Some days were boring and some days were super exciting. Mm -hmm. And um, so loved that. And um, I, I did that. And and then after a short period of time, there was another hospital in our, uh, in our area that um, another health system that I, I transferred to. Uh, staying in the emergency department and uh, uh, I worked, you know, 12 hour shifts is, and I loved, I loved the flexibility that it allowed me to have at, at the time full time was working three days a week. And so for a, a new, you know, fairly newly married, I guess I had been married for a few years, but had a, you know, a new little baby and another one on the way. And when I look back at kind of my nursing career, I, I've loved that it gave me that time, that flexibility, I could work as much as I wanted. I could work, you know, if I needed extra time, I could, I could do that. And and so it was really, really awesome. And I loved it. Now, I, I want to transition a little bit more to the administrative side of things. It, the way that you're talking about patients, it really strikes me that you really do care about patient care. And when I see, you know, medical TikToks, or when I see just kind of like this, the stereotypical medical administrator, I think of, some guy in a suit up on like the 12th floor who's at this big desk and, you know, 
signs people's checks and kind of deals yeah. with, you know, the administrative things and never will never, you know, touch a patient, talk to a patient, look at vitals. Is any of that stereotype totally disconnected, that I have? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, is any of that that true at all? Or do I just kind of have like a misunderstanding on what, you know, um, what a healthcare administrator does? Uh, well, I think, um, I think to some degree, there's definitely some misconceptions. I think, you know, there's there's different routes to get into hospital administration, and and some people are not clinical in any way, and they've they've maybe they have a business degree or they've got a, a, a hospital administration degree. There's those degrees, and and um, and I I work with all types. Uh, there's also um, in nursing. There's lots and lots of leadership opportunities. And, I, you know, I had been an ED nurse for about two and a half years, and there was an assistant nurse manager position that, that became available in, in my department. And I thought, okay, you know, I, I know I eventually kind of want to get into this, but I've only been a nurse for two and a half years. I, I don't know anything really about being a, a leader in this role. And, but I had a lot of people that were like, you should do this. You'd be perfect at this. And so, you know, I I said, I'm going to go through the process. I'm going to interview. And I interviewed really just for my own learning and I got the job and and that job was perfect in that it, it was very clinical, meaning that I, I, it was a manager role that was really 80% of my time was still on the floor in the emergency department really kind of running the daily operations uh, of the department. And so um, there was, it it was a great kind of first start into, okay, what does a leader do? What does a nurse leader do? You know, how do they, how do they um, support the staff? How do they support patients? And um, I, I really, that was, that was great. And I did that for a few years. And then I, I had an opportunity to transition to another health a system in our area and was recruited over to another health system. And, and I uh, was, I wasn't sure if it was going to work out. I, I was a little hesitant to move on. I had I loved where I was at. And so I, I took the position. It was a manager position in the emergency department again. And, but I, I stayed on as a per diem nurse at the, um, the other facility that I was at, because I thought, you know, if things don't work out and I don't like it, I want to be able to still come back here. And what I loved about that is that, so I was working as a manager for this health system in the emergency department there. Uh, but a few times a month, three or four times a month, I would go work just as a bedside ED nurse. And, uh, I did that. I thought I would only do that for a short period of time. But I ended up doing it for, um, man, I want to say about seven or eight years. And um, what I loved about that, and you know, you talk about kind of the, the the administrator and the suit that is really disconnected. It helped keep me really connected to the people and to the work. On one, you know, my main job, I was working as a manager, but I at any point could jump in and do the work, and so. I've always been um, a firm believer that um, I, I, I want to be there to support the staff and to help them. You know, my current role now, I'm, 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 I'm higher up and I'm a little bit more disconnected, I guess, from, from the bedside. But as I, I, I started as an assistant manager and then I went into a manager position, eventually I became the director of the emergency department. 
and, you know, with increased responsibility. But my, I guess my core philosophy is that you have to be among the people and the work to really understand the work. And so a lot of what I do even now in my role is, is go to where the work is happening. And so it's spending time um, talking to the staff, observing the staff, observing the operations, watching how things happen. And um, if I ever, I guess, uh, one of the, my favorite things to do is to just go and round on patients and to talk to patients and mm. to get kind of their perspective of, hey, how's your care going today? Like, how have we been taking care of you? And what that's allowed me to do, that connects me again to the, to the why of what it is that I do what I do. Um, there's certainly a part of me that misses just being a clinician and just working as a nurse at the bedside. I certainly always feel that. And every once in a while, I'll throw on my scrubs and go run mm-hmm. down to the ED if it's busy and, and say, hey, let me, let me start doing some patient care. I can start IVs and I can give meds and I can push patients around. And, and uh, I certainly can do CPR if I need to. But, um, right. uh, you know, it, it's good to connect to, to patients and, and things. So I guess, the, you know, your, your question is, is it just somebody in a suit? Um, there certainly are those. I think staff a lot of times feel like, okay, this manager or this leader, this administrator, they don't have any clue of what's going on. And, and um, I would say that's, that's actually not the case, right? They, they, what, what we have is I think a bigger picture of what it is and how each piece fits into a bigger whole, which ultimately you're hope you're uh, trying to provide the best care for the patients, best service that you can. Um, and, and to do it in a way that supports the people, supports the you know, organization and, and continues to help make it all better. And so where, what drives me and in my role is that I feel like I have an opportunity to, to not just impact, say, a patient that I'm taking care of that day, but how can I impact all the patients that are coming into our hospital and into this, these departments and make it better for all of them and that we provide you know, better care for them. Here's, here's another question for you then. So if I'm an undergrad student and going to be graduating as a nursing student in the next little bit, and I, I'm hearing this podcast now for the first time, I never really considered the administration route. What are some things that I might look, look for in myself that might give me an indicator that I might be a good leader, a good nurse leader? Well, that's a great question. I think um, whatever you do, right, you come out, spend time being a clinician first, right? Get a job, work at, work at the, at the bedside. But I think, I think people tend to, to kind of know naturally was, have, have I, I mean, you know, in high school, I, I did like student government and, and I had, you know, leadership positions in church and, and doesn't mean that you, you, you have to have that, but I, I think people kind of tend to know, like, yeah, I, I have some, um, some abilities to, to talk and to influence because really ultimately it's about influencing others. And can I, can I be a voice of influence and can I help um, in that way? Um, certainly you have to be organized and disciplined and, and be able to, you know, think strategically and those are all important things but 
I think as you, um, as you graduate and you pick a field, you pick an area of nursing to work in and you start working, uh, you'll have exposure to, to people and to leaders and you'll kind of see, okay, what, what makes them great? What makes them, uh, a really good leader? Um, you know, I think the best leaders that I've had, uh, you know, I've had many good bosses and leaders and I've had some really, you know, I've had some, some bad ones. And I think the best ones are the ones that, um, I feel like really understand, understand what it is that I'm, I'm doing and, and want to help support me in that. And so I don't think anyone has to pick a route right out of nursing school. It's go work for, and that's that I would, what I would encourage anybody who's graduating is, you know, pick an area that you want to work in in nursing and go work it for a while and, and see if you enjoy it. And, and if you are interested in leadership, there's always, there's just so many great courses and TED talks and things that you can get exposed to books. And you just kind of start learning some of the leadership skills and, and uh, eventually it'll come along. It'll, it'll find you and you'll, you'll be able to, I think, see and, and if an opportunity comes and think, yeah, that might be something that I'm interested in. If, if some, if anybody is interested in that route though, and a perfect example might be as a nurse, I'm working in a unit and there's an opportunity to, to do a project, a particular project that, that might help the department, or I might be able to assist the, the manager or the director in kind of rolling out an initiative. And, and, you know, you can start there, start with little things and then that might lead to other things. And you might think, you know what, I'm actually really enjoy this. And this is um, something that I want to continue to do. Yeah. Wow. That's actually really interesting. I never really considered that, that before that even just the small little things that you do in your daily life might be a good indicator to what your profession might end up being. So a lot of people listen to our podcast as well are alumni or their recent graduates. And they're kind of in that same position that you were just describing as in, I just graduated. Uh, I'm at my first job, but not hundred percent sure if this is what I want my full-time career to be. And I noticed just looking at your LinkedIn, you know, your LinkedIn page that you were in this emergency department nurse manager position for a little bit. And then you went and you got an MBA at St. Mary's college of California. Is that right? Yes, that's, that's right. So was it hard to like be working in the field and go back to school? A lot of our students might be considering that or our recent graduates might be considering that in the future. What did that decision look like for you? Yeah, well, I, I, like, as, I, as I mentioned, I knew I was always going to go back to graduate school at some point. It was either going to be to get a, a master's in nursing or it was going to be a, a, a master's probably in, in business and, and um so I knew it was going to happen at some point, and and I had actually always would wanted to go back to BYU and get my MBA and at, at BYU. But you know, I I had moved to California. We had a home here. We had uh, I think probably at the time three little kids, or about to have our third little oh, kid. Wow. And and I remember my wife, you know, having the discussion about okay, hey, should we move and go back to, to school and. You know, it, it just didn't make sense. Um, I had a full-time job and it was like, okay, you can't, you know, what would be the best school opportunity to continue to work and provide for a family and still do it? And so I had a friend who was who was applying to go to um, get his MBA at St. Mary's and he said, hey, you should do it with me. And 
so it felt right. And it was the, okay, let's do this. And, and so I did the executive MBA program and what that is, you know, allowed me to do was to continue to work. And I had the flexibility. There was some, you know, it certainly wasn't easy, uh, but I know plenty of people who are working, working full time, and they figure out a way to go back to school. And I knew, okay, for the next two years, this is going to be, you know, a sacrifice and I'm not going to have weekends and I'm going to be having to, to, to work, but it's going to set me up for, for the future. And, um, there's never an easy time. I think to go back to school, there's never a perfect time. It wasn't the perfect time. It was, you know, I, like I said, I was, I was working full time as a, as an emergency department manager, uh, but it, it, it worked out, but you know, challenging. And there were things, you know, as you're going to graduate school, I'm like, am I ever going to use this, you know, in my real job? And so some of it didn't apply at all to the healthcare setting, but it's been, it's been helpful and it certainly opened up doors. So I think for those people that are considering going back or, you know, it, this may not be what I want to do. The great thing about it is that you don't have to pick your exact path right out of school. Um, you know, it, some careers, you pick the career, you graduate, and that's the career you're in. And I think that nursing is so, um, it's, there's so, it's so dynamic and there's so many facets of it. The encouragement, I guess, that I'd have is start working, um, establish yourself and kind of into that career. And then you'll see, you'll get more exposure to different things and, and maybe try different things. And, and then you figure out, okay, do I want to continue to do some more schooling? Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for, for talking with us today. It's been absolutely amazing to hear about how you've been able to manage this need to be an administrative person and to be a leader, but then also to focus on patient care. I think that's a hard balance and you're obviously doing a really good job of that. So I really appreciate your comments today. Well, thank you. I, I've, I've enjoyed it. And uh, to all those, I think that are, are on this nursing path it's it's awesome and it's such a great thing to be a part of BYU and and a great place to to go to school and and uh, it's a great education I can tell you I've hired a lot of nurses over my career and uh, I've seen what good education looks like and those that um, um, maybe not so much so it's 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 a great thing to um, I'm proud to be from you know a part of the alumni of the nursing program there at BYU and we're glad to have people like you that have obviously kept up our good reputation, which is great. If a student has any you know, comments or questions or they just want to reach out to you, maybe they're considering the same type of path that, that you have. Would it be all right if they reached out to you? I don't know, maybe like shot you an email or something like that? No, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. The best would be probably Jeff dot R, it's in Ryan, dot Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y at kp.org. Great. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. Hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. I appreciate the, the opportunity and uh, you guys have a wonderful day. El merecimiento la hará sentir mayor. Nice job, Eliza. That's a pretty good Spanish. <laughs> but no joke, though. Did you know that the BYU Spanish for Nursing Club prepares College of Nursing students with medical and conversational Spanish knowledge? to communicate with their Spanish-speaking patients? They meet every Tuesday at 5 p.m. in room 490 of the Kimball Tower. Even if your Spanish is as bad as mine, they have a place for you. Okay, today we have Carissa Hess on our podcast. 
So you're a part of Marafiki Africa. It's a nonprofit that um, operates in Africa. How did you get involved with that? Yeah, so my husband, um, he actually, it's his fault that I'm involved. <laughs> um, I've, I haven't ever had any interest in Africa. I served my mission in South America, so that's really where my heart is. And my husband loves Africa. He loves Tanzania. He loves being able to help the people there. And so he was involved in this nonprofit. And when we started dating, he told me about it. And I could tell that he was really passionate about it. And then after we got married, he was able to meet the right people um, to become the executive director. And we've just we've been able to go to Africa and participate together, which has been really fun. And so that's that's kind of how I got involved. It wasn't by any means me looking for <laughs> this nonprofit. It kind of in my case, it got handed to me. So what does Marafiki Africa do? Like, what are some of the, the services you provide? Uh, our mission is twofold. First and foremost, we seek to promote prosperity in rural communities around Southeast Africa, uh, specifically in Tanzania. And with that, we kind of have we have three subdivisions. So we have a business group, a medical group and a community development group. And our business group, they focus on mentoring small business owners, um, lots of entrepreneurs in Africa, kind of teaching them basic business principles on how to manage their finances, how to um, keep a record of the money that they're making and their inventory, things like that. And then with the medical group, we do shadowing in some of the rural clinics. We learn about tropical medicine, and then we create kind of a teaching plan based on what we're seeing in the clinics. So we'll go into these communities and do health teaching. Um, a lot of it is just basic hygiene and the importance of eating a well-rounded diet. We also do a clean water project, and that falls under our community development Side. So that's the third subdivision is community development. And then the second part of our mission is to create global citizens with our volunteers and to create long lasting, impactful experiences to help them not only recognize their their blessings and recognize just how blessed we are here in the Western Hemisphere, but as well to promote that idea of they can make a difference. So what does a volunteer experience look like for someone who goes with you to Africa? So it uh, starts out, they'll fly into either Kilimanjaro Airport um, or they can fly into Kenya. That's what we've done in the past is we'll fly into Nairobi, Kenya, and then it's a four-hour shuttle from the airport to Tanzania. Um, they'll arrive at our base camp. And our base camp is located in Njoro Village. So we actually do stay with a tribe. It's the Maasai tribe. And our base camp is just this lot of land. Um, we pitch up tents and we camp for two and a half weeks. And while we're there, that's kind of where we spend the mornings and the evenings. And then during the day, we go to different communities. Um, sometimes we'll travel about 30 minutes, sometimes an hour to get to these communities. And we'll spend some time in the clinics, 
We will spend some time teaching families or end schools uh, if school is still in session when we go. And that's kind of the the sum of the the two weeks is it's kind of chill in the morning, kind of chill in the evening, and then just a lot of um, fun and humanitarian service during the day. And we do set aside times in the afternoon, um, not every day, but for some for the first week, we do cultural experiences. And so we'll get to know how or the the roles and responsibilities of Maasai women, of Maasai men and Maasai children. Um, we do a, a feast where they um, they'll do a goat slaughtering for us to say welcome to the village. That's oh, a, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's kind of fun. It's kind of, it's, it's startling at first, um, the first time to see it, but in their culture, that is how they, that is like the highest way of saying welcome um, is by slaughtering a goat and then cooking it for us. And so it's, it's fun to just kind of be fully in their culture and then from there, the last four days of the three weeks that we're there, we're on safari. So we kind of change hats and we become tourists and we go to the uh, Serengeti and as well, we go to the Ngoro Ngoro crater and just enjoy the sights and the views and the animals there and then fly home. Um, so what qualifications do people have to have to go in? Is there, you know, a certain age people need to be? Um what experience um, are you looking for? Yeah, we do prefer 18 or older to be an adult or older. Um, we have had kids, though, come uh, this past summer. We had a 16-year-old come, uh, but he was accompanied by an adult. So that's really our only qualification. Qualification, yeah. <laughs> so you um, you teach the volunteers the rest of, like, what they're going to be doing there? Uh, well, so for, I guess for age limit, that's the only qualification is oh, if, gotcha. they're, if okay. they're under okay. 18. Yeah, if they're under 18, then they need to be accompanied by an adult. Um, and then we do kind of focus on people that are either business majors or pre-health nursing majors um, or have an interest. And with our business, we do, we've developed a manual um, and we teach out of that manual. Gotcha. And and we love it when business uh, students come and they review the manual and they're like, hey, I think you should add this or, hey, we should take this out. And, you know, it's fun to just see like we're all working together. Um, so the manual is not perfect and and we make changes every year. But that's kind of where we teach out of. Uh, so I think qualifications is really just that desire to serve, that desire to want to help in ways that they've maybe never helped before. And, and either an interest in business or in health. Um, but if there's not, you know, that's why we have the community development too. So we, we take everyone. Um, what are some goals that you have for Marafiki Africa this upcoming year? For the business side, um, we really want to start creating businesses. Um, there are so many entrepreneurs in Tanzania, as I'm sure there are in, in other developing countries in the world of people they need a job and so they're like well I have a banana tree so I'm going to go out and sell bananas but they don't really have any background to business or how to capture a customer's attention to set them apart from the other from the neighbor that's also selling bananas yeah um and so something that my husband and I have talked about is what 
is a, an innovation that we could bring to Tanzania. Because um, if you think back, the United States, you know, when we were formed in the 1700s, we were just as poor as a lot of these developing countries right now, these low-income countries. And we, we've grown and got to where we are now because of innovations. And so if we can just provide one or two innovations to, and bring those to Tanzania, and then from there being able to create a job market and create jobs and, and train the staff there, you know, um, and then eventually let them take over and, and give it off to, to Tanzanian to run and have that be his job and his company. So we were in the works of creating um, those, I guess, innovations that we want to, to try out and bring over. And then for the healthcare point, um, this summer we're partnering with Days for Girls. And so we're going to be doing menstrual cycle education and um, as well just trying to figure out how we can or the infrastructure that we need to be able to run our own clinic because that is a huge need that we've seen, especially in these rural communities that we're trying to help is they don't have access to health care because they, they don't have time or money to either walk or take a donkey anywhere from six to eight hours to see a doctor. And so being able to form a clinic that can go every summer, um, that's kind of the end goal is what we would like to have and find some way to make it sustainable so that way when we're not there during the year, um, they'll still have access to resources for healthcare. nursing student were to get involved, what kind of mentoring um, experiences can they have there of, of being mentored by professionals? Yeah, so when we go to the clinics um, that are not in the, the community that we're staying at, but we have to take a bus and it takes about 45 minutes to get there. So that for, for the community that we're at, that's the closest healthcare um, clinic for them. And Usually they can't afford a bus fare, and so it takes them from six to eight hours walking or riding a donkey. Wow. Yeah, and um, so we go there and we'll help out. It's, it's very similar to a clinical rotation where we go in and we're assigned kind of a nurse or a doctor there, and then they'll, they're really good at teaching us and I think they're really excited that we're that we're there and that we want to learn and that we want to help. And they love it. And when we come, they ask every time when we leave, they're always like, you're going to bring more people, right? You're coming again, right? Come back next year. Uh-huh, exactly. And and it, so it's really cool because you are with one doctor the whole day or you're with a nurse and you're able to... Um, shadow them you're able to help with whatever is within your scope of practice or with whatever you feel comfortable doing and all of the healthcare professionals there speak English and so it's really cool to just kind of pick their brains of life as a healthcare professional in a developing country and I think one of the most interesting conversations I had with one of the doctors was he would see patients and wouldn't remove his gloves he would just wear the same pair of gloves for the whole day. Oh, wow. And 
I was also helping him. So I put on a pair of gloves and then I took my pair off and threw them away and got another pair of gloves. And he took me aside and he's like, hey, I know that's best practice. I know that's what we should be doing. But if we do that, we will run out of gloves in 20 minutes and then you won't be protected or I won't be protected. And so and and that shocked me. Um, and so it is it's really interesting to have those conversations with them of what is best practice and they know what best practice is, but they don't have the resources to practice that. And so being it's it's a very interesting mentorship mm-hmm. and very fascinating just to see you know their their knowledge about tropical medicine and as well their knowledge about what they should be doing and what they're not doing but what they're doing to make up for it to keep themselves safe do you feel like your work in africa kind of helps supplement your your education here or helps you put into practice what you're learning at the BYU College of Nursing oh for sure yeah it definitely does um i think First and foremost, it helps me understand people from different cultures better um, and to understand what what I can do to be a little bit more empathetic towards them and more understanding towards them. Uh, there's many things about the Tanzanian culture, especially with healthcare, that I don't agree with or and I don't understand. And so being in that environment has really helped me just to kind of let go of feeling that I need to control this and yeah. I need to change this to just being like, okay, it's okay. I'm going to just let it go and, and learn what I can from, from these people. And so I feel like that's helped me a lot with in the nursing program when I have to just let go of control sometimes and just learn what, what I can and do what I can with the time that I have. If someone listening is interested in being involved, um, what's a way they can do that and start? getting involved as a way they can become a volunteer. Yeah. So you guys are welcome to, um, you can text me, you can call me. Um, my number is 949-842-6330. You can also go on, we have a website, it's marafikiafrica.org. And we have a booth, um, in the Wilkinson center, uh, that we're giving out flyers. I was actually just there two hours ago. So (laughs) um, I couldn't tell you the dates, though, so that might be not as helpful. But yeah, check us out on our website. There is a link um, if you go onto the website where it says volunteers and then future volunteers. Um, So you can sign up for or you can email us from there. We have our email and contact information on the website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today, Carissa. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for that interview, Eliza. I thought that's so cool that Carissa was able to notice that there are people who need clinics closer to them and their communities, even in Africa. Yeah, and I loved in your interview with Jeff Murray how he implements Tanner's critical judgment model by noticing the work that happens with patients, even from a managerial position. Absolutely. He was an amazing interview. And speaking of Tanner's critical judgment model, we asked some of our nursing students how they notice in the nursing environment. Let's turn it over to Donovan for our On the Street segment. So we're here with Megan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing awesome. So I'm sure you're aware that the College of Nursing has adopted Tanner's critical judgment model to try to help the students uh, more appropriately during their clinicals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've pounded it into our heads. 
Nice. Awesome. So I guess in terms of noticing, how do you think like a nurse now? Now, I, other than noticing the assessment of the patient as you come in, I notice everything around them as well. I notice if they're alone, if they have family members with them and how um, just like you notice the vibe of the room and that kind of just helps you like focus your assessment and how you're going to talk to this patient and in addition to just noticing the vital signs and doing a critical like a quick like head-to-toe assessment of like critically thinking what you need to focus on nice awesome that's super important yeah we're also here with marin how are you doing i'm doing so good awesome so same question to you in terms of noticing how do you think like a nurse now um well I try to see people as as children of God and as um, the unique individual, not just a patient that I'm taking care of, but as a real person who has needs and who has wants and desires. Um, I try to notice what they need beyond just like medicine or care, but also how I can um, encourage them and support them in everything that they're going through. That's perfect. Finally, I'm here with Madeline. How are you doing? Doing just fine. Awesome. So, in terms of noticing, how do you think like a nurse now? Um, lately, I've been trying to pay a lot more attention to nonverbal cues of pain, especially. I'm just noticing the little things that patients do um, that might let me know that they're experiencing some pain as I'm doing procedures on them. Awesome. That's great. It was really insightful to hear from our students about how they implement the tenet of noticing in their work with patients. That's right. Our nursing students are super insightful, and we're grateful for their comments. If we run into one of you, our awesome nursing students, you'll get free swag when you join in our On The Street segment. Don't forget that we have episodes out every Tuesday. You can listen on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere that you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week.